Hey guys, and welcome to another Coffee and Heroes podcast. I'm bringing you now our brand new previews podcast. So your host is always Alan from Coffee and Heroes in Belfast, Northern Ireland. I'm going to be taking you through the previews book for September. So these are going to be titles that are due out this November. I should say I'm just flying solo on this one. Uh, Keith has been a very busy man recently. Hasn't even been able to read his books, but uh, we'll be back soon on the Horse with the Reviews pod, we promise. But I didn't want to miss out on getting the information out there for the for the latest previews books because, as, as I explain every time, comics, the industry is a very interesting one. You know, it, it, it relies heavily on pre-orders. It relies heavily on you guys taking a chance on a book that sounds good, knowing in advance, so we can certainly guess at our orders a little better, you know, know how many of certain titles to order and also it's a way of making sure people don't miss out, it's a way of making sure people get those first print cover A's and also a way of uh, making sure you guys don't have to pay stupid money for something a day or two within uh, a title coming out. As you well know at Coffee and Heroes, every title you pre-order, everything on your pull list, it'll always be cover price no matter what. You know, a recent example was Batman Urban Legends 6, it was a, it's an expensive enough book as it is, it's an $8 title. And within a day or two, I saw places were selling at a 40 and 50 pound because Tim Drake was revealed to be bisexual. And, you know, we had a lot of people come in for it. We we obviously satisfied orders where we could. But, you know, there's just no way of knowing that in advance before a book come, uh, comes out. So, again, pre-orders are just absolutely essential when it comes to uh, doing our comics orders. I should say these orders are due in within the next three weeks. I believe it is going to be uh, around the 23rd, 24th is the cutoff point. So, but tons to get through and tons to uh, look forward to here. You know, some big, big titles this month. As ever, I'll break it down into the, the DC, the Marvel and the Indie. Now, again, these are just the titles that I'm looking forward to. These are the ones I'd recommend jumping on, whether it's because of a creator, whether it's because a, a story sounds interesting, that kind of thing. But... The previews books are always available in store. You guys can pop in anytime, grab them from the corner, sit and have a cup of coffee, have a read through them, and, and again, just let us know if there's anything you want added. If, however, you're willing to trust my judgment, uh, which thankfully a few people do seem to do, you can just get in touch with us after you listen to this, whether it's dropping us a message on Messenger, dropping us an email, calling into the store, whatever, and we'll we'll get these on to your pull list. But as I say, I'm going to jump into the books. I'm going to do DC first because, well, I'm a DC guy. Uh, I'm going to do Marvel after that, and then I'm going to do the indie previews book after that. So again, I won't be covering absolutely everything in these books, just the books that I'm looking forward to most. So as soon as you get the DC book, which is called DC Connect, of course, they have started putting this out in print recently, but you can always find a digital copy of this. Just go to dccomics.com, search DC Connect. Uh, I believe this is issue 16, and it has a rather striking image on the front for a new title called Batman One Dark Knight, which is uh, a brand new title coming to DC Black Label from no less than Jock. And that's where I'm going to start, because this is probably my most anticipated title of the month. You know, anybody who knows me knows I am a huge Batman guy, being a massive fan of Jock. You can certainly nip back in the uh, the, the feed for the podcast. You'll find I, I had the pleasure of chatting to him recently. He did actually tell me about this book off the air, so I kind of knew a little bit about it, but I obviously wasn't allowed to spoil anything. So, But yeah, we're kicking things off with Batman One Dark Knight. So this is going to be a three-issue three Prestige Plus series, uh, written and drawn by Jock. So from high above the sweltering summer streets of Gotham, Batman planned to escort the GCPD as the dangerous metahuman supervillain known as EMP was transferred from a holding cell to his permanent home at Blackgate Prison. EMP's electrical powers posed a threat, but the situation was in hand, until it wasn't. 
Now every light in Gotham is out. The police are in disarray and a broken, bleeding Batman must fight his way to Blackgate, block by block, dragging EMP behind him. But the dark corners of Gotham hold many surprises and EMP has many more shocks to deliver before the night is through. So yeah, again, this is going to be three issues. It's going to be a big bad boy every time. It's 48 pages. It's that Prestige Plus format. And again, that's probably up there as the title I'm looking forward to most. There are a couple of preview pages already in the previews book there as well. So it just looks absolutely glorious. So it does. So a lot of the front of uh, the DC Connect after that is dedicated to Fear State, which of course is the, the big Batman event coming up. It's it's going to be James Tinney and the fourth swan song on Batman. You know, we recently learned Joshua Williamson has taken over the title from 118, which I'm more than happy about. Big, big fan of Joshua Williamson. But before we get to that, we do have Fear State. And what they've done with the, the start of the book here is went through it and highlighted which titles are tied into Fear State. So I'll not go into any story elements here, but... A checklist will be easy enough for you guys to find, but just in case, it's going to be Batman 116 and 117, Arkham City, The Order of the Word, number 2, Batman Urban Legends, number 9, I Am Batman, number 3, Harley Quinn, number 9, Batman Secret Files, The Gardener, number 1, Catwoman, 37, Nightwing, 86, Detective Comics, 1045, Task Force Z number two, and then we finish everything off with Fear State Omega, which is going to be the, the ultimate conclusion to that story. But moving away from Fear State, um, we're getting a little bit of uh, a highlighting of Robin this month. So there's two new Robin-focused uh, titles. The first one is just simply called Robins, and it's written by Tim Seeley with art by Baltimore Rivas. This is going to be six issues in total, and this is going to focus on the family of Robin. So the five heroes to have done the Robin cape and mask find themselves at a crossroads in their lives. Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown, and Damian Wayne come together to discuss the big thing that binds them together. Was being Robin and Batman's sidekick the best choice they could have made? But before they can get to the heart of the matter, they're ambushed by an unknown assailant with a bone to pick with them. She claims to have been the first Robin, and she's out to prove Batman should have never trained any of them. So that sounds really cool, first of all, and then as well as that, the other Robin-centric title. It's just a, a three-issue miniseries, but it is going to be larger issues, 40 pages, and this is called Robin and Batman. This is written by Jeff Lemire and art and cover by Dustin Wayne. The legendary story of Batman and Robin has reached nearly mythic proportions. The crime-fighting dynamic duo always one step ahead of the criminals they pursue and never meeting a case too big. That isn't this story. This is the story of a young Dick Grayson, newly orphaned, struggling to find his way in a strange, difficult, dark new world. This is the story of Robin and Batman. The best-selling creative team behind the Eisner-winning Descender, and also Ascender, which is fantastic, uh, Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wayne, reunite in Gotham City to tell the story of a remarkable young man learning to navigate an incredible new world. So that looks really sweet as well. So we continue on through the book. As I'm sure you can probably guess, there's always a big emphasis on Bat-related titles. You know, I think DC know what sells and what doesn't, and Bat titles will always sell. You know, for me, Batman is the best character at DC. I think it's he's a character that has the biggest range. You can do campy stuff like Batman 66, or you can do really Dark Knight detective type stuff. But the other thing that Batman has that I think eclipses all other uh, superheroes, and again, that's just my opinion, but it is, uh, is Rogue's Gallery. And what they're doing is a Gotham City Villains Anniversary Giant. So this is quite similar to the likes of the Aquaman 80th Anniversary, the Green Arrow 80th Anniversary, the you know Detective Comics 1027, things like that. So this one is Gotham City Villains Anniversary Giant. It's going to be 96 pages and it's going to be an anthology title. Uh, to give you some idea of some of the talent involved here, you know it's going to be written by Wes Craig, G. Willow Wilson, Philip Kennedy Johnson, Joshua Williamson, Stephanie Phillips, 
art by Dan Mora, Wes Craig, Ricardo Federici, Max Reiner, um, Carrie Randolph, Jill Thompson, Christian Ward, Gabriel H. Walda. A heck of a lot of uh, interesting ones there to say the least. But the one big thing that really stands out here as well is actually that one of the tales, the Penguin one no less, is going to be written by Danny DeVito. Yes, that Danny DeVito. So for this, it's Gotham City may be protected by the Dark Knight, but this major metropolitan destination is also plagued by some of the deadliest, most nefarious villains in the DC universe. In this oversized anniversary jant, DC Comics proudly presents tales of Batman's deadliest foes written and drawn by some of the biggest, most exciting names in comics. 2021 marks an anniversary year for the Scarecrow, Poison Ivy, Raz Al Ghul, Talia Al Ghul, the Mad Hatter, Killer Moth, and the original Red Hood, and Gotham City Villains Anniversary Jam brings these baddies to life in some big ways. Features the anniversary celebration of the Penguin, written by none other than the man who brought Oswald Cobblepot to life in Batman Returns, star of the silver screen, Danny DeVito. I mean, don't let the fact he was involved in Batman Returns put you off this. This looks great. Next up, again, this would be probably my top three or four for this month. I think this is going to be a great title. And again, you just have to look at the creative team involved to know why. So the next one up is Dark Knights of Steel. This is a brand new number one. It's going to be a 12-issue miniseries written by Tom Taylor, art by Yasmin Putri. So Tom Taylor had teased a few weeks back saying he'd been working on a project for two years and in super secret and no one knew about it. Well, this is this title. So for Dark Knights of Steel, an entire medieval world will forever be changed and when a spaceship crash lands from a doomed planet, monarchs will die, kingdoms will rise and what seemed like the end of the world for many was only the beginning. An epic high fantasy story set in a DC universe where nothing is what it seems. From worldwide best-selling writer Tom Taylor and acclaimed artist Yasmin Putri comes a generational tale of good and evil within a brand new DCU. So believe it or not, that's actually the bat uh, corner over for now. You never know, I might swing back around to it at some point, but we continue through the book and there's a lot of annuals solicited this month. You've got the likes of the Joker annual coming, you've got Detective Comics, and I said I was going to move away from Batman. Uh, You've also got Nightwing annual, Robin annual, Wonder Woman annual. But the one that has me most excited out of them all is actually a Justice League Dark annual. Now, Justice League Dark at the moment is currently the backup story in the main Justice League title from Bram Michael Bendis. And I am enjoying Justice League, but for me, Justice League Dark's the star of that title every time. This is written by Ram V, who of course is working on the Justice League Dark backup stories, but it's also co-written by Dan Waters, who's writing Arkham City. Art in this is Christopher Mitten. So for Justice League Dark Annual, the, the point of any annuals, just in case you're, you're not aware, the point of any annual is that it should be a one-shot story. It should have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It may set up a little thread here and there for you to continue on into other books, but the idea is always that it's a one-shot, so you should be able to pick this up and read it uh, straight away. After barely making it out of Atlantis alive, the Justice League Dark regroups and prepares themselves for the ultimate battle for magic against the finest sorcerer to ever live, Merlin. It'll take the minds and memories of Wonder Woman, Randir Singh, and an unexpected visitor to unlock the mystery behind the villain's sudden appearance and what he's after. Only with that vital information does our team of magical misfits stand a chance at saving the world from a threat, the likes of which the Justice League could never survive. You don't want to miss this oversized tale that will affect the future of magic in the DCU for years to come. The other great thing about a annual as well is that it's 48 pages, so you're getting plenty of bang for your buck there. But we continue through the book, and that's pretty much it in terms of uh, new titles coming from this previous book, but... There are a couple of hardcovers I really wanted to put a spotlight on because for me they've been two of the best titles of the last year or two. They do have one thing in common. Yes, I am a fully paid up member of the Cult of Tom Keane. Well, there's a reason for that because he's just a brilliant writer. And those two titles that I wanted to talk about are Rorschach and Strange Adventures. 
two totally different ends of the spectrum. One is hard-boiled detective noir, one is high-concept sci-fi. For Rorschach, it's written by Tom Keane with art by Jorge Fornes, and Strange Adventures is uh, written again by Tom Keane, but art and covers by Mitch Dreds and Evan Doc Shainer. Two absolutely brilliant 12-issue miniseries. I think Keith and I have chatted about it quite a bit on the on the pods. We're both really enjoying these titles, and they were a little bit of a slow burn at the start. You know, obviously they're they're world building at the start. They're setting up all the key players in this uh, in this story. But the fact of the matter is, the more these two titles went on, the stronger they got, the better they got. The pieces started to fall into place, and you just felt like you were in the hands of a very skilled storyteller. They're both currently at issue eleven, so we're awaiting issue twelve and the the ultimate denouement for both issues, but or for both series, I should say. But yeah, that's definitely going to be one to to keep an eye out for due this uh, November. But then the back of the DC Connect book is essentially you know, letting you know all about your ongoing titles. So things like Action Comics, things like Batman 89, things like Batman Reptilian, DC vs. Vampires, uh, the DC Horror series. Uh, all of these titles are continuing on throughout this month. And uh, it's definitely worth having a little look through. Some of them are only as far as issue 2, so you have still time to, to jump into those issues at any point. But just to finish off the DC book, I'm just going to bring attention again to a couple of trade collections at the back that I definitely think are worth your time and money. First of all, you've got Justice League by Scott Snyder, Deluxe Edition Book 3, so that'll round out Scott Snyder's run on Justice League. You have Nightwing Volume 1, Leaping Into the Light, which again we've at great length discussed in the podcast and went into grave detail about why that is one of, if not DC's best title at the moment. And you've also got uh, Teen Titans Academy Volume 1 coming out. It's a book I've really enjoyed. But the last word has to go to Superman Red and Blue. Uh, this is going to be a hardcover collection of all six issues. And it, for me, has been the best anthology of recent times. I mean, I say that as a Batman guy. And I enjoyed Batman Black and White. And, you know, I'm enjoying Wonder Woman Black, White and Gold. And some of the Marvel stuff's been great as well. But that's Superman Red and Blue. I, I think part of it for me is that I'm not a huge Superman guy. I, I'm not a huge, you know, long-form storytelling for Superman because for me, there's only so many ways you can throw kryptonite at him or, you know, threaten his loved ones. But if you take these small stories and get to the core elements of what makes Superman who he is, you know, not just the strength and that, but the compassion, the intelligence, the caring, the love, and they pull it off absolutely brilliant in, in Superman Red and Blue. I mean, there were two stories in Superman Red and Blue number six alone that, you know, brought a tear to the eye. Yes, one of them was Tom King, but there was also another one and what was really, really good. It was actually the last uh, story uh, that'll close out all of Red and Blue, including that uh, hardcover collection. So that is the DC book taken care of. What are we looking at with Marvel this month? So it's probably no uh, exaggeration to say that there's only one place to start with the Marvel book this month, and that is with Hulk number one. So... We've, we've talked about it before, you know, Hulk and Venom are essentially switching creative teams. You know, for a long time there, Venom was written by Donny Cates. Uh, Immortal Hulk was written by Al Ewing. Well, now we're doing the switcheroo. Last month, we highlighted Venom number one, which is Al Ewing, co-written by Ram V as well. So if uh, Al Ewing's going to go on a Venom title, Donny Cates is going to go on a Hulk title. And that's who this is written by. And the art is Ran Otley, of course, probably most well-known now for uh, Invincible. And this is a kickoff of a new Hulk title. So it has the headline, Immortal No Longer. Kate and Otley deliver a new colossal-sized era. So for this one, it's uh, the story arc is going to be called Mad Scientist. It's going to be six issues. The uncontrollable rage of the Hulk has reached an all-new level, and nobody, including the Avengers, is prepared to handle it. But is it really the Hulk that people should be afraid of, or is there something missing to this puzzle? 
Join the superstar creative team of Donny Cates and Ranall as they look to the stars for the next era of Hulk. So the great thing about that as well is, and this is true of any long-form story, it was true of Cates' Venom, it was true of Tom King's Batman, it was true of Joshua Williamson's The Flash. They're all conceived as one big long story, so sometimes it can be hard to give people jumping on points. You're maybe better looking off uh, at the trades or the hardcovers, that kind of thing. But if you want to jump in in that single issue you know, scenario, it can be hard to recommend not just starting at number one. But now with Venom going back to number one, Hulk going back to number one, Joshua Williamson coming in with uh, a new Batman run, it's a great time now to start looking to be getting into these titles because you've got uh, the, the opportunity to start at the ground level. The next one to have a little look at is a mini-series featuring The Thing, and no, that's not the John Carpenter movie, much to my disappointment, but it does still look great. This is The Thing from Fantastic Four, of course. It's written by Walter Mosley with art by Tom Riley. Six-issue mini-series coming your way, so renowned storyteller Walter Mosley brings his signature style to the sweeping saga of Yancey Street's favourite son that will range from the urban sprawl of the back alleys of Manhattan to the farthest reaches of the cosmos itself. A lonely evening and chance encounter... Or is it? Sends Ben Grimm embarking on a sojourn that will have him encountering and battling figures both old and new. Featuring guest appearances from figures drawn from throughout the Marvel Universe as well as precision artwork by Tom Riley, the next big thing will remind audiences why the thing is one of the most popular and beloved characters in the history of comics. So nice wee six issue miniseries to jump into there. And another one that looks really promising, this is a five issue miniseries uh, and is very timely certainly with the Hawkeye TV show coming soon which is going to lean very heavily on the thoroughly excellent Matt Fraction David Azure run which focused on Clint Barton but also focused on Kate Bishop. And that's who we're going to be focusing on for this mini-series. So Hawkeye Kate Bishop, number one of five. This is written by Marik Nick Jap and uh, art by Enid Ballum. So for this, Kate's heading home, or at least back to New York. And as much as she wants to go back to where her friends, her chosen family are, she's changed since she was last on the East Coast. So she's picked up a pit stop case first. A confidence booster, if you will, to prove herself she's making the right decision and not going to backslide into her past just by changing time zones. Besides, the case is perfect. Swanky Resort? Check. Jewel Heist? Check. Almost definitely 100% a trap? Check. So yeah, some uh, some nice looking preview art for this, including some nice covers by Phil Noto, for example. Uh, makes this one definitely to stand out. I think that'll be a good all-ages title as well. So we continue through the Marvel book. You've got Amazing Spider-Man Beyond. So this is going to be the new sort of writer's room working on Spider-Man. You have four issues this month, so get ready for Spidey to be weekly, guys. As well as that, a good one to jump into if you're a fan but you're not sure about a jumping on point is Avengers number 50. So not only is it Avengers number 50 but it's legacy number 750. So it shows just how long the Avengers have endured. This is going to be an oversized issue. Uh, it is written by Jason Aaron and Christopher Rucuccio and art by Aaron Cooter, Carlos Pacheo, Ed McGuinness, Javier Garon and Steve McNiven. So with these larger issues... A little bit similar to the Gotham City Villains one I suppose I spoke about. You will have a story in here that will continue on the ongoing narrative of the Avengers or where it's going. But I would imagine you'll have a few uh, interesting little one-shot stories in here. It'll be an anthology style I would say. So witness the jaw-dropping conclusion of World War She-Hulk. Learn the true purpose of the prehistoric Avengers. Uncover the shocking secret of the Iron Inquisitor. 
Behold the most powerful collection of super psychopaths that any Earth has ever seen. Watch the Avengers recruit some shocking new members and follow the Ghost Rider on a quest for vengeance across the multiverse that will spark an all-new era in Avengers history. So that is going to be a 96-page large issue. So again, one for the Avengers fan in your life, uh, or might just be a good starting point, the end of one story arc and the setting up of the next. Now, I never thought I'd say this out loud, but probably one of the titles I'm most looking forward to from the Marvel book actually involves Iron Man. Yes, you heard that right. This is uh, Iron Man, but also a part of a team-up book, and it features Cap. So Captain America, Iron Man number one of five. So the reason I'm looking forward to this so much, beyond obviously the obvious appearance of Cap, is that uh, it's written by Derek Landy, who of course is well known for Skullduggery Pleasant, but recently did a brilliant Falcon Winter Soldier miniseries that we were big, big fans of. The artist on this is uh, Angel Unzuta. And for this one, as I say, five issues, a government agent turned Hydra provocateur stages a daring breakout on her way to prison, attracting the attention of both Iron Man and Captain America. When Tony and Steve realise they both have a connection to the slippery fugitive, they team up to track her down, only to discover she's not the only player on the board with big plans and sinister motives. So again, it's a team-up book. I mean, I think that uh, Derek Landy proved very, very well with Falcon Winter Soldier that he's excellent at you know distinguishing the characters, getting that banter going between the characters. So I think that'll be that'll be one definitely to keep an eye out for. And again, five issues. Sometimes it's just good to have a nice little mini series to commit to. Coming back into the world of ongoing is Black Panther. I believe this was actually solicited a few months back. I seem to remember it being in the previews book, but we'll just throw it out there again as it got slightly delayed. But it's John Ridley writing, uh, who of course has done great stuff with the other history of the DC Universe, is doing great stuff with I Am Batman. And then you've Juan Cabal on art here, who of course was a brilliant artist on Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man uh, with Tom Taylor not so long ago. And then you also have that gorgeous wraparound cover by Alex Ross as well. So Black Panther number one, again, that'll be a a perfect jumping on point if it's uh, a little bit of Black Panther you want to get into. Next up, I suppose I should talk about this. It'll probably not be my thing, admittedly, but I know there are plenty of 90s kids out there and plenty of people who worship at the altar of Rob Liefeld. I may not be one of them, but that doesn't mean you are not. There's going to be a brand new one-shot kick in this month, which is X-Force Killshot, the anniversary special, uh, written by Rob Liefeld and Chad Boers with art by Rob Liefeld. And the reason this is coming out, it's celebrating the 30th anniversary of the iconic team. Creator Rob Liefeld returns to the characters he introduced three decades ago to tell a brand new adventure featuring, featuring these hard-hitting heroes. In this special issue, the man called Cable assembles the combined might of five different X-Force squadrons, each gathered across various points in time for one final mission, to defeat strife once and for all, at all costs. Sacrifices, betrayals, and revelations await as X-Force attempts their most daring assault ever. Yeah, that is going straight back to the 90s right there. 40 pages, one shot. So again, if that is your thing, that will be you in heaven for that, I would say. Uh, We continue on with all the uh, X-Men titles as, uh, you know, we continue with things like Sword, Hellions, X-Men, New Mutants, etc., but one to keep an eye out for, I think, is the Fantastic Four Anniversary Tribute number one. So Marvel did this not too long ago. They were celebrating 60 years of the X-Men and they redid Jan size X-Men, but they called it an anniversary tribute. And what they did is they kept the original Stan Lee uh, and Jack Kirby creation in terms of the script, but they got a different artist in to do every individual page. 
So in this one, I mean, there's way too many names for me to read out here. I'd be here for the next half an hour, but basically doing pages in this, if I had to pick out a few, you've got the likes of Adam Hughes, you've got Cafu, you've got Daniel Warren Johnson, David Lapham, Elsa Charitier, uh, Greg Land, Kai Zama, Marco Cicchetto, Paco Medina, Rod Rice, Ron Friend, Simon DeMeo. Now I'm just reading them all out, so I'm going to stop. But Steve Epting's doing a page as well, which is always worth a mention. I'm Mark Begley. I might call it. Yeah, I'm going to stop. But yeah, that's basically going to be a retelling of the first couple issues of Fantastic Four. Uh, so that is a way to sort of get a new perspective almost on uh, what is an absolute classic, stone cold classic title. So a lot of titles still continuing on there. You've got uh, the likes of Thor, Strange Academy, Miles Morales, Spider-Man. You've got the alien corner of the universe continuing. There are a couple of new Star Wars ones though that uh, will appeal to Star Wars fans out there. Uh, two titles to be specific that kick off this month. One is called Star Wars Crimson Rain. This is a brand new number one and going to be a five issue miniseries. Charles Soule on writing duties for this. Stephen Cummings on art. And it uh, says, After the dawn comes the rain. The story that began with War of the Bounty Hunters continues here in the second installment of a trilogy that will reshape the history of the Star Wars galaxy during the Age of Rebellion. Featuring the return of beloved characters, shocking twists, epic feats of the Force, and a story that will reach Star Wars' darkest underworld all the way to the Imperial Palace on Coruscant, Crimson Rain is a Star Wars saga like no other. I believe this is going to carry on some of the characters that were introduced in Solo as well, so one to look forward to there for you Star Wars canon fans. And then the other one I wanted to uh, throw a little bit of attention towards is Star Wars Life Day. So this is just a one-shot, 40 pages. It's written by Kevin Scott, Justina Ireland, Jodie Hauser, and Steve Orlando, with art by Ivan Fiorelli and more. The galaxy's favorite life day, uh, favorite holiday, I should say. Happy Life Day. Celebrate the galaxy's favorite holiday with a collection of festive tales from all across the Star Wars saga. Life Day is the last thing on Han Solo's mind when he and Chewbacca find themselves outgunned and under fire. But Chewie won't give up hope, remembering the lessons of Life Day's past and present. As for Life Days yet to come, well, they'll have to survive the night first. And that's pretty much it when it comes to the single issues of the, the Marvel book. I mean, a, a couple of things that are probably worth mentioning towards the back. I see that Moon Knight by Houston Benson Hurwitz is getting a brand new omnibus. I see that Thor by Jason Aaron is branching out from those soft cover trade paperbacks and becoming a omnibus. Yep, definitely be getting that. We have She-Hulk by Peter David omnibus coming as well. Uh, Star Wars Darth Vader by Karen Gillan and Salvador La Roca. We have a brand new printing for War of the Realms omnibus. Omnibuses are really taking up a lot of my money right now. Uh, so many good ones uh, announced there. Plenty of good trades at the back as well. You know, you've got Daredevil by Chip Zdarsky. You've got the United States of Captain America. You've got a lot of epic collections featuring Venom, X-Force, Thor, Silver Surfer, Hawkeye. Just loads and loads of really good collections of older issues, which means that uh, it's the best way certainly to read those titles rather than, you know, trying to pick up the single issues and uh, frankly spending an absolute fortune. So that is the Marvel book done for now. We are going to go on now to the indie book. And when it comes to the indie book, I'll always go through it in terms of publishers. Previews book always kicks off with Image because Image are undoubtedly the biggest uh, independent comic publisher at the moment you know they attract a lot of the top names but there's still great stuff through here from the likes of boom from the likes of idw dark horse awa etc etc and what i've tried to do is i've tried to showcase some of the bigger titles but i've also tried to showcase some of the smaller ones as well from from smaller print studios because those are the ones that really really you need to pre-order in advance because they will not do particularly big print runs 
But as I say, we're going to kick things off in Image. And again, this would be up in my sort of top four, top five titles for this month. And again, it's solely down to the creative team. So a brand new number one, which is going to be an ongoing series from Chip Zdarsky and Jacob Phillips. So, you know, you know all about Chip Zdarsky at this point. We've talked enough about him. We, of course, interviewed him on the pod a little while ago. Again, you can find that, you know, back on the feed. And then Jacob Phillips, again, we, we did chat to Jacob on the, the podcast um, along with Chris Condon, his brother-in-arms for that Texas Blood. But this is the first thing Jacob Phillips has done outside of that Texas Blood and certainly outside of doing colours for his father, Sean Phillips. So, Newburn number one, Eastern Newburn is a private detective without loyalties, investigating conflicts between rival crime factions while collecting enemies along the way. In this debut issue, a man is murdered after stealing from his own mafia family, but they aren't the ones who ordered the hit. The new ongoing series from Chip Zdarsky and Jacob Phillips. It's also going to include backup stories as well. Uh, a backup story called Brooklyn Zirconia by rising stars Nadia Shamas and Zayed Yusuf Ayoub. So you're getting there. It's a $4 price point, so standard image price point, but you're getting the main story, but you're also getting the backup story as well. So definitely one to look forward to. I highly recommend getting that on the pull list as soon as you can. And to be honest, we already have about 14 or 15 people that do have it on their pull list already. So the pull of Sidorsky is strong. It is strong. Next up is a title called Phenom X, brand new number one. So 48 page number one to kick things off. The reason I wanted to showcase this one is because it's co-written by John Leguizamo, very well-known actor, of course. And then it's co-written by Aaron Rappaport and Joe Makiak. And the artist is Chris Batista. No, not that Batista. So for this one, wrongfully imprisoned and desperate to regain his freedom, Max Gomez agrees to become a subject in an underground government experiment. When the trial gives him phenomenal shape-shifting abilities, Gomez learns his new freedom requires surviving a super-powered war fought on the streets of NYC. Some really cool uh, preview art for that one as well, so definitely have a look at that. It's got a bit of an early 90s type vibe. Another one that would be high up on my list certainly this month is actually a triple-sized first issue. Triple-sized. And it's only $5. And this is from the team of Matthew Rosenberg writing. Again, someone we're big fans of in, in the store. And the artist on this is Tyler Boss. These guys worked together before on a, a great little known title actually called Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. But what's interesting about this, apart from it being a triple sized issue, is it's available in two different formats to kick things off. And this is something we will need to know about uh, in terms of pre-orders. You've got the traditional number one, but you've also got the number one deluxe edition, which is going to be sold with a seven inch record. Basically, what they're planning to do is have two songs from some of today's best Indian punk bands recorded especially for this project. And this will be the only way to get those songs. So what's the furthest place from here? What is it about? It's a post-apocalyptic coming of age story. The world has ended. All that remains are gangs of children living among the ruins. But Sid believes there must be something more out there. When she disappears into the wastelands, her gang will risk everything to bring her home. A story about the things that matter most, your survival, your loved ones, and of course your record collection. So yeah, definitely keep an eye for that. And again, if it is going to be something you add to the pool, just do specify if you can, whether it's just a traditional comic issue. I should say the uh, the 7-inch edition with the, the vinyl is solicited at a $15 price point, so it'll be around £14 there, thereabouts. One title that's coming back, which I thought I'd throw some love out for, is The Silver Coin. It's uh, the Michael Walsh horror anthology with the same artist, but a different writer for each issue. And the first arc was fantastic. Five issues in total. You know, Chip Zdarsky, Ed Brisson, Kelly Sue Well, this one's kicking off with Joshua Williamson, him again. 
Uh, again, art by Michael Walsh. I love the cover of it, which is a kid standing in an arcade machine, blood running behind him. It's called High Score. And they even have a, a copy of Nailbiter on the front in a poker machine, but also a arcade machine called Bitman, which seems to be Pac-Man meets Batman. So Eisner award-winning artist Michael Walsh's critically acclaimed horror hit The Silver Coin continues as an ongoing series. The horror anthology teams up with a whole new set of all new writers, Joshua Williamson, Vita Ayala, Matthew Rosenberg, Ram V, amongst others. For issue 6, the kid has been losing serious quarters to the arcade's hot new fighting game. But when he finds the silver coin, he just can't stop winning, no matter how bloody the game gets. What's great about silver coin is, obviously I'm going to collect it all, I'm going to read every story, but the thing about it is every single issue is a one-shot. So you can dip in and out of it if you want, if you like the look of the cover, if you like a certain writer that's working on it, if you've heard some good things about it, then that's uh, that's definitely something to, to jump onto, as I say. A few different trades being solicited this month I thought I'd throw out attention for. You've got Geiger Volume 1 from Jeff Johns, Gary Frank and Brad Anderson. We've really, really enjoyed Geiger and Story Gain. I think we've chatted about it quite a lot on the podcast. So the critically acclaimed team of Johns and Gary Frank, along with superstar colorist Brad Anderson, to bring their first creator-owned hero to image. Set in the years after a nuclear war ravaged the planet, desperate outlaws battle for survival in a world of radioactive chaos. Out past the poison wasteland lives a man, even the nightcrawlers in Oregon people fear. Some call him Joe Glue, others call him the Meltdown Man, but his name is Gagger. Brilliant story. That'll read really, really well as a, uh, a trade paperback. Another trade that it'll be fantastic because, again, collected all single issues, really enjoyed it. It's a title called Shadecraft. Volume 1 of that is hitting in November as well. This is going to collect the complete first arc, which was five issues. For this one, Zadie Lou is afraid of her own shadow. She's a teenager, so she should really have grown out of that by now, right? But something weird is happening in her small town. Zadie could swear the shadows are coming to life, watching her, trying to kill her. But how do you fight something you can't even touch? And how does all this tie in with her family, of all things? You know, Netflix has actually picked this up for a TV deal. Uh, it looks like they're going to be adapting it. It's got very sort of strangery thing type vibes. There's good horror to it. There's good family drama. Uh, it, it's pretty much an all-ages title, to be honest. You know, there's a little bit of darkness in there, but nothing too overt and certainly nothing more than you'll see in the likes of Stranger Things. A couple more volumes that I want to pay attention to so for those of you out there who've been reading die through the trade paperbacks the last volume volume four bleed is due out on november 3rd and that's going to collect die 16 to 20 so that's going to be the culmination of that story you've also got stillwater by zadarsky and perez volume two all about the town where if you live in it you can never die that's going to come have the complete second arc in there issue seven to twelve of course issue uh volume one i should say is available in stores so if you're not on it, why are you not on it? One, I have to bring a sad bit of attention to about it. And to be honest, I'm still processing it, unfortunately. But it's coming to an end. My favorite comic series of the last decade is coming to an end. And of course, the last arc is poignantly called A Fond Farewell. So I am, of course, talking about Deadly Class. This is uh, issue 49, written by Rick Remander, art by Wes Craig. And this is uh, described as the first chapter of the final arc of critically acclaimed Deadly Class. The promise of what could have been. A life that never was. Marcus and Sire are the deadliest couple on earth. But what happens when they're hired to kill each other? I'm really sad that that's coming to an end. But at the same time, if this is the amount of story the guys had in mind, this is a natural end point for it, then who am I to argue? And at the end of the day, we'll probably end up with about 53, 54 issues. So that's a good run by anybody's uh, measure. 
we move away from Image and on to Dark Horse. For the first ever title, I believe that Bram Michael Bendis has written for Dark Horse. And the artist on this is Stephen Byrne. This is called Joy Operations. Again, it's a number one of five. So Bram Michael Bendis, the New York Times best-selling and multiple Eisner Award-winning, teams up with Scorching Hot comic sensation Stephen Byrne for their very first creator-owned blockbuster series. 55 years from now, Joy is an envoy, a special agent of one of the Genado Trust. Trusts are corporate-owned cities that are the centerpiece of modern society. She writes wrongs for the trust. She is excellent, perfection, hard on herself, driven, almost legendary in some parts. Until one day a voice pops into her head trying to get her to betray everything she has ever believed. All this and also an exclusive look behind the scenes and a look forward to other Jinx World projects coming exclusively to Dark Horse. So this is clearly the start of something for Bendis and, and uh, Dark Horse in terms of teaming up. Which uh, is quite interesting, definitely something to keep an eye on. But certainly as a, as a first title coming soon, that sounds really, really interesting. I'm going to move away from uh, Dark Horse and go all the way to Boom. And again, this is another title that would probably be in the top five or six. I know that list is getting longer, but it's just so much good stuff this uh, this month. And this is a new Boom title, and again a five-issue miniseries uh, called Regarding the Matter of Oswald's Body. This is written by Christopher Cantwell, who of course has recently been working on Iron Man, working on Doctor Doom, uh, doing a really great series for Vault Comics called The Blue Flame. And the artist on this is Luca Casalanguida. I mean, they even pitch it as a brand new conspiracy crime thriller, perfect for fans of Department of Truth and Time Before Time. You can't go wrong there. Where is Lee R.V. Oswald's body? The Kennedy assassination is a rat's nest of conspiracy theories, mafia involvement, the second gunman, government cover-up. But the most important chapter of the sordid tale may just be the theory that the body buried at Oswald's Rose Hill gravesite is not actually Lee himself. Meet the ragtag group of useful idiots who are unwittingly brought together to clean up the crime of the century. A wannabe cowboy from Wisconsin, a buddy Holly idolizing former car thief, a world-weary civil rights activist ready for revolution, and a failed G-man who still acts the part, and specifically regarding the matter of Oswald's body. For fans of Department of Truth and Time Before Time comes an off-killer crime thriller set in the shadows of history's greatest conspiracy by Christopher Camwell and Luca Casalanguida looks and sounds awesome really cool preview art as well just full of noir i love conspiracy type stuff as well i love that these are the types of stories you can tell in comics and uh yeah i will be there day one for that a couple of interesting other things from boom first of all we've got the trade paperback collection for one of the best titles of the year which is the many deaths of lila star this is written by ram v art by felipe andrade again we have talked about this at length other and other places in the podcast the reviews podcast and this is fantastic i mean issue five is actually due this week uh, i'm recording this on monday the 30th of august it's this new comic book day we get issue five and the the culmination of this story so humanity is on the verge of discovering immortality as a result, the Avatar of Death is cast down to Earth to live a mortal life in Mumbai as 20-something Lila Star. Struggling with her newfound mortality, Lila has found a way to be placed in the time and place where the creator of immortality will be born. Will Lila take the chance to stop mankind from permanently altering the cycle of life, or will death really become a thing of the past? That book is brilliant. It has something to say about life and death. It has something to say about the concept of immortality. It is a family drama. It is a coming-of-age story. It is just absolutely brilliant. And it also has a, a little cheeky sense of humor to it as well. So definitely get on that. If you weren't, of course, on the single issues. 
little bit of a spotlight on uh, something that's killing the children this month, simply because you've got the fourth uh, trade paperback coming out, uh, volume four, so that is going to cover issues 16 to 20. We're going to have issue two of House of Slaughter, so there's still time to sign up for issue one. That, of course, is the uh, the spin-off series from Something is Killing the Children. And then the other thing, now, these aren't due until February 2022. Jeez, that sounds so long away. No doubt it'll creep up on us really quickly, but uh, they're doing Something is Killing the Children printed short boxes. Now, the good thing about printed short boxes in comparison to your traditional ones is they're always made of thicker card. They're always more sturdy. They're always more durable. And these Something is Killing the Children ones are awesome looking so they are uh, i'm definitely going to be ordering these in for the store i don't know how many to order because let's be honest you, you don't know how many people are going to be after them but if it's something that interests you and you want to stick it down in the pool to make sure you don't miss out on one it'll certainly help us in terms of how many to uh to order of that but if you get a chance uh try and look it up because the the design of the box is absolutely brilliant we're going to move away then from booming on to Aftershock Comics, uh, a brand new number one hitting this month as well called Crook. This brand new number one, as I say, this is written by T- Paul Tobin, art by Andy McDonald. Paul Tobin I'm a fan of, Bunny Mask is a particular favourite at the moment, did a great horror title a while back called Colder with Juan Ferreira. And Andy McDonald was the artist on I Breathe the Body, which is a really dark, twisted uh, horror title based around the idea of social media. Really, really interesting and very very uh, horrific so for this one seven years ago an attempt to weaponize dreams resulted in holes being punched through the world we know and into the world of dreams nightmarish creatures now stalk the land spouting from and killing anyone unlucky enough to dream the only way to save the world is for certain people to have their dreams come true which is why risa harumi finds herself not only fighting monsters but forced into finding true love monsters and modern dating it feels like a nightmare either way and the only help risa has is from a friendly ish monster named croak and their preteen daughter mackie so yeah that sounds great there's some really good uh preview art as well you can check out in the previews book for that and then the other aftershock title that deserves a mention again a a brand new number one this month is called the heathens and this is written by cullen bunn does that man ever stop writing uh co-written by heath amodio and then the artist on this is sammy cavella when evil men and women escape from the depths of the eternal abyss, the power of Queen Lady Shith is sent to retrieve them. But one of history's most notorious killers breaks free. Even she needs help. Enter the heathens. Shith, Lucky Luciano, Bumpy Johnson, Sophia the Golden Hand, and Billy the Kid. From hell they come to met out a justice as dark as their own tormented souls. Adventure, pirates, westerns, noir, everything put together, and what looks like Jack the Ripper in the background? Yes, please. So that is Aftershock side of things. So of course, if we're in the A's, we are inevitably going to end up at AWA Studios. And yes, indeed, there is a brand new number one to look forward to this month. Not only that, but it's a brand new number one, which has a uh, it was a debt of gratitude to that iconic Dark Knight Returns cover for its uh, cover A issue one. So this one's called Knighted. It's going to be a one of five issue miniseries. It's written by Greg Herberts, uh, drawn by Mark Texera. In this action-packed adventure set in the universe of the Resistance, Greg Hurwitz and Mark Texera uh, introduce a masked vigilante for the 21st century. Bob Ryder is a hapless bureaucrat whose bad luck streak comes to a crescendo when he accidentally kills the city's masked vigilante, the Knight. Oops. Now Bob is forced to take on the mantle of the legendary hero before the city descends into chaos. Good thing he's got the Knight's former butler slash assistant to show him the ropes. Hmm. A few interesting uh, and familiar sounding things right there, I would say. 
So there, that is from AWA Studio. So what have we got up next? We're continuing through, and it's actually the next one that I've picked out is through Source Point Press. And there's actually two titles here. So Source Point Press are quite a small label as well. So again, this would be very much a uh, very much a pre-order uh, required for for these titles. One is a single issue, and one is uh, a graphic novel. Now, I promise I didn't pick this single issue one just because uh, there's a Tom King quote on it. I didn't even notice that until just there now. It's called Good Boy. So, come on. Straight away, you're interested. It's written by Garrett Gunn with uh, art by Kit Wallace. Set in a world where humans and dogs are equals, Good Boy is a thrill-packed treat for anyone who loves action, dogs, and good stories. Flint Sparks and his human John, both former mercenaries, have settled down in a quiet retirement from an industry where the job is supposed to be forever. But unlike anyone before, they found a way out. However, this new life filled with peace and joy is not to be. In the dead of night, some of their former colleagues who disagree with their decision to retire break into their home and murder John, leaving Flint alive in the bloody aftermath. That was their first mistake. But don't worry, they haven't seen anything yet. That sounds awesome. It sounds like John Wick, but instead of the dog being killed, it's John Wick who's killed and the dog goes on a rampage revenge. The other one that I wanted to point out for, this is for the wrestling fans out there, of which I am undoubtedly one. Uh, everyone knows about my, certainly about my love for AEW these days. I'm one of the guys who works in AEW and is a commentator in AEW, is former WCW commentator Tony Schiavone. And they are releasing a, basically like a sports biography graphic novel called Butts and Seats, the Tony Schiavone story. From teenage wrestling fan to becoming the voice of your childhood, famed professional wrestling commentator Tony Schiavone has spent five decades working in the pro wrestling industry, and now he's sharing his story with the world. This 14-chapter graphic novel details observations, anecdotes, and experiences about Tony's life in professional wrestling as told by Tony himself, and illustrated by over two dozen amazing artists from across the world. From his earliest days with Crockett Promotions to the rise and fall of WCW, and now his triumphant return with All Elite Wrestling. You can now experience Tony's life in professional wrestling in a way that's never been told or seen before. I actually got a, an early look at uh, an issue of that. It's it's in my personal collection. It's what's called the Ishkan edition. And it was detailing stories of uh, when he was in WCW. It just looks really fun and also really interesting, especially as a, as a wrestling fan. A couple of things to finish off with then, indie book-wise. So I thought I'd throw a bit of uh, love out for Doctor Who, Empire of the Wolf. This is a brand new miniseries, four issues. This is number one, written by Jodie Hauser and art by Roberto Ingranata. So this is celebrating the 25th anniversary of the 8th Doctor's debut. Trapped in a parallel universe, Rose Tyler believed her adventures with the Doctor were over. Now, pulled by a mysterious energy into this reality, she must work with the Doctors, Matt Smith and Paul McGann, to end the tyrannical rule of the warmongering bad wolf Empress. So, yeah, this was... Uh I love this little tidbit of announced on BBC Doctor Who social media. Five million followers. So if that doesn't convince you to bad, I don't think anything will. But we are going to finish off with Vault Comics. And again, this would be one of my picks of the month. And it's actually a hardcover collection of a title. And the reason it becomes one of my picks is because I have been collecting the single issues of this. But again, it's Vault Comics. It's been low print runs. There's been people have come to it a little bit too late and therefore missed out, but the hardcover is coming, and this is due in November, 17th of November to be precise, and this is the hardcover for a title called Barbaric, this is written by Michael Marecki, and art by Nathan Gooden, Owen the Barbarian has been cursed to do good with what remains of his life, 
His bloodthirsty weapon, axe, has become his moral compass with a drinking problem. Together they wander the realm, foredoomed to help any who seek assistance. But there is one thing Owen hates more than a life with rules. Witches. Welcome to the skull-cracking, blood-splattering, mayhem-loving comic brave enough to ask, how can a man swore to do good, do so much violence? Ha! Fucking with you. It's just barbaric. I mean, it's just a brilliant title. It's got such a great sense of humour. The, the the sense of humour and the gore elements of it would remind you of something like The Evil Dead quite a lot. But it's also very original. It's it's certainly got elements of Conan and so forth, but going much further. I mean, the, the character of the axe is amazing. And again, people have maybe heard about it a little bit late and we've tried to backtrace issues. They did do Second Prince. They just proved tricky to get because, again, Vault Comics just relies very, very heavily on uh, pre-orders. So that is the previews book ran through. That is DC, that is Marvel, that is Indie. So again, those are just my picks and, and certainly titles that I'm looking forward to. We do have them up in the previews board and work as well in the store. Again, the books are available to have a flick through in store anytime you're there. So there's tons of way to get this information uh, outside of that. I mean, I've done a slightly shorter YouTube video as well with a few more visual aids and showing you some of the artwork and so forth. You can certainly find that on our YouTube channel. But again, the, the industry just relies heavily on pre-orders. I mean, if something interests you, the earlier you pre-order, the better. It just it helps comic stores in terms of how many titles they order. It makes sure you never miss out. And and again, it means you always get those titles at cover price instead of you know supplementing the secondary market with triple price markups. So, But anyway, again, that was the previews order, uh, the previews books, I should say, for September uh, for titles due in November this year. Pre-orders are due in within the next couple of weeks, so again, sooner you get them to us, the better. So just drop us a message or call in this store, and we can get them added to your pull list. Hope this has proven helpful. I hope you guys are staying safe out there, and hopefully for next month, you'll hear the dulcet tones of Mr. Keith Miller with me again. But until then, sorry, you're just stuck with me. Take it easy, guys. So I've been Alan Taylor, and this has been Keith Miller. You can find Alan in store at Coffee and Heroes and on Twitter where Alan is at Coffee and Heroes 1 and I'm a Scannison 00. Coffee and Heroes is a local comic book shop, coffee shop and community hub in Northern Ireland based at Smithfield Market in the centre of Belfast. You can find Coffee and Heroes on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email us at coffeeandheroes at hotmail.com. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. The Coffee and Heroes podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and through all good podcast platforms. Please like and subscribe and leave a review so more people can find us. And until next time, happy reading and hope to see you in store.